Undoubtedly, one of the most tragic events in history, certainly in the entire Torah, is the event that takes place in this week's parsha, the tragedy of the Chaita Egel, or the sin of the worship of the golden calf. Now, this particular Avera is one that's quite plainly baffling. It's hard to understand how did Klai Yisrael ultimately do it, what led to it, how could we understand the nature of the Avera itself, what exactly was it, where did they go wrong, and... For this reason, much has been written about this story. Ink has been spilled from the Midrashim to the Mefarshim. And there's just so much that's on the one hand disappointing and heartbreaking, but also mystifying. And I want to focus on a particular question about the Chet Egel, which really serves as a bit of a limud schus, a benefit of the doubt for Kala Yisrael. Later this week, we'll spend a little bit more time focusing on what exactly the Avera was. We'll touch on it a little bit right now. But what I want to focus on is how much we could possibly blame the Bnei Israel. Disregarding for a moment how seemingly clear the command that they were violating was, what seems to be pretty clear, at least from the Midrash, is that nothing was clear, or that if something was clear, is that, is that something was wrong. The Midrash tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu delayed from returning, the Bnei Israel approached to Aaron, or whoever did, whether it was the Eir of Rav, it says the Am, the people, the people approached Aaron, and they said, Ki Zeh Moshe, that this, this Moshe, he's no longer. Now what is Zeh, that this Moshe? So the Midrash points out, as we find classically, commonly when we find the word Zeh, Zeh is always something that you could point at, it's a visual aid. And in fact, the Midrash tells us that what they were looking at was something that the Satan was projecting and showing to them, whether it was the carcass of Moshe Rabbeinu or the deathbed or the coffin, the mita or the aron of Moshe Rabbeinu, or again, even just his body, but it was hovering in midair. And what they in fact saw was that Moshe, their leader, was no longer, that Moshe Rabbeinu was passing on. And the question is, once again, regardless of what Klai Israel or the people who perpetrated the sin, regardless of where they went wrong, how can we understand the boundaries that are seemingly crossed in this particular aspect of the story? What do I mean? That the Satan, very clearly according to this Medrash, broadcast fake news. He projected, he demonstrated, and showed them something that was plainly not true. Moshe Rabbeinu was in fact not dead, he was alive and he would be coming back the next day. And yet the Satan gives them a false visual aid of a Moshe Rabbeinu who is not alive. And the question is, has the Satan in fact overstepped his bounds? Is this something that we can blame the Bnei Israel for, considering that they were given false information from the Satan, the same Satan that God put into the world, the same Satan that is normally trying to trip us up. But in this particular situation, once again, how can we possibly be blamed for what we thought at the time, for the lack of clarity that we had, the lack of leadership that we thought was there? Now, in order to address this question, we have to perhaps consider the possibility that maybe, in fact, we cannot be blamed for what we thought when the Satan put a false image right in front of us 
an image of perhaps our worst fears at the time. Maybe there is what to be said about that. And let's grant that anything that we thought about the status of Moshe Rabbeinu at the time, we would not be blamed for. So then what are we being blamed for? If the Satan was given the right to show us an image of something that was false, where then is it that we went wrong? What, in fact, if we thought Moshe Rabbeinu was dead, and let's say we are being granted that benefit of the doubt, we're being granted that freebie, that pass, on that particular detail, that maybe in Hachinami, let's say Moshe was dead at the time. I think this is where we have to drop the anchor and see where we might have gone wrong in this particular sin. Again, we're going to speak more about this at length later in the week. But from this particular angle, what it seems is that, once again, the Satan clouded us with a great shadow of doubt. And you could say, you know what, wasn't it clear in the Torah, you're not allowed to make for yourself gods of gold and gods of silver? But maybe what to us, in hindsight, is so clear, 2020, to them, was certainly not clear. Now, for some reason, though, the Satan's ploy, whatever it caused, the Chayta Egel is still with us nowadays, and that is because we still suffer, say Chazal, we still suffer from the Savera, which means, perhaps, that there's something that we still violate from the Chayta Egel, even now. And even now, even if we can grant that there's a certain lack of clarity, that something, one of the givens is not true. We can live life, apparently, and one of the givens are not going to be true. Let's say that given is that Moshe Rabbeinu is dead. That's a false given, and we're still going to be blamed. And that's because maybe even the givens, and even the false givens, there's a right and wrong way to act. And if we had thought that this, that this false given was in fact true, Again, the question is, how should we have responded? The Torah just tells us that that they gathered against Aaron, they bombarded Aaron, and they said, this is Aaron, this is what we need right now. And in fact, if you look at what Moshe Rabbeinu told the Bnei Shal before he left, he said, if you have anything that you need, if you, if you have any questions, come to Aaron. He did not say you're going to start making demands of Aaron. But you know what? In their place of doubt... And again, this is what perhaps you can, you can let them off with. If you want to cut them some slack, you could say they were just besuffic, they were in doubt, and they didn't know. Great. That is the time that you humbly stop and ask a question. That is not the time that you take matters into your own hands. Things might not be black on white when the Satan has obscured things and has turned things gray. But that does not mean you take matters into your own hands. Specifically in the place of suffix, let's do a little bit of a billable osios. We switch the letters around. That's where you find psak. Psak, the halachic ruling, comes from ledas ha suffix. You might be in a place of doubt. And that's exactly what your poskim are there for. And if it's not Moshe Rabbeinu, if you don't have the very best, so then you look to the next very best, which at the time was Aaron. And they treated Aaron not like their posek but they treated him like their public servant to the extent that he was going to give them whatever they want. The heter that they were, that they were fishing for. The heter that they were lobbying for. That, in fact, is not how we deal with uncertainty. 
And that's why when Moshe Rabbeinu comes back, he goes to such drastic measures as to shatter the luchos and ask the very famous question, Mila Hashem Eli, whoever's for Hashem come to me. Aren't we all for Hashem? Aren't we all on Hashem's team? It seems like an obvious question with an obvious answer. But apparently, that question startled so many of us because it wasn't so clear who was with Hashem, who wasn't. Because if you're with Hashem, there's certain things you're not going to do. If you're with Hashem, you're going to wait and ask a question and find out what you're supposed to be doing. And if you are with Hashem, are you going to be willing to do what Moshe Benu says when he commands that they shall kill a man against his brother? All of a sudden, when it's a gray area, we're not sure what to do anymore. But the story of the Chet Egel tells us how to deal with doubt. How do you deal with Suffolk? When you're in a makam of Suffolk, you look for Apsak. Who really shattered the Luchos? It was us. The Satan can show us whatever the Satan wants to show us. We could have all the false givens in the world, but we're going to be responsible for the search for that truth, for the search of Emes. And now, not for wallowing around in the case of Suffolk. In the end of the day, the life is filled with uncertainty. And because of that, we have to ask questions. Because of that, we have to stay humble, keep calm, and try to figure out what the MS is by looking to those who know a little bit better than us. And we should be zocha to do that and to rectify this absolute tragedy and only see good from here on in.